Why does it do that? I don't even know. So welcome to episode 39 of the Dealers Compressed podcast. It's a special week. My name is Paul J. Daly, and I also am 39. It's not my birthday, but I'm 39. I'm going to turn 40 soon, which I guess means I'm no longer a young man. I'm not yet an old man. I'm just a man. And uh, there's something about being 40. I don't. I guess I think there's something about being 40 that once you're 40, you're considered like a man. You're supposed to be responsible, and people expect different things of you. People are less impressed when they see what you've accomplished. My shot at a 40 under 40 list, I'm pretty sure, is now over. All the nominations are done, and everybody's been nominated, and like those lists are coming out. So I guess I've given my children something to hit. If you can get on that 40 under 40 list, no matter what it is, um, you've now surpassed dad. So here's to me for setting the bar low. This week on the podcast, uh, it's the first time in a while we haven't had a guest and just had some opportunity to talk and uh, work through some objects. My microphone keeps raising up on me. We're going to leave that right there. Um, So first opportunity to talk about some things without a guest. I love having guests. It's been a lot of fun. We've had some great ones, Oli Gardner and James Orsini, and the list goes on and we we got some awesome guests. You know what? I'm working on a special guest and like a lot of our guests have been awesome. But this guest is kind of, I don't want to say next level, but it's different level. Well, maybe it's next level. I'm just trying to be kind. And so I don't know if you can see that. Little hint, Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet. So I don't know if you know Mark Wahlberg or if you've ever heard of him. He's been in a couple of movies. He had a hip-hop band called Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And if you go on Spotify or Apple Music and check him out, it's pretty stinking entertaining. When I was a kid, I remember there was this video game system. Oh, what was it? It was like NEC. NEC, I think, was the name of it. And you could actually mix and cut your own version of the Marky Mark, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch video, Good Vibrations. So side note, I'm getting distracted. This hat, Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet. That is the Mark Wahlberg you're thinking of. And it's my goal to get him on this podcast. I started a little Twitter campaign this morning. Um, my goal is to get him on the podcast. And I think he should be on the podcast for another reason. I feel like I should switch this out. I'm going to get this in here, but today I'm going to wear the Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet hat. And I think he should be on the podcast for a few reasons. Uh, Number one, he owns an auto dealer, so now he's an official car guy. And I think he's serious. He's a serious investor, and he invests in industries he thinks um, that he enjoys personally, but also ones he thinks he can do well at. And I think he bought a car dealership or partnered in one because he thinks he can do well and make a difference. So that's one reason. And I've heard you know, through the industry varying levels of enthusiasm for his entry. It's just a PR stunt. I happen to think he's serious about it. Um, not that he's going to be there every day selling cars, but I think he's serious about the business. So that's one reason he should be on the podcast. Another reason he should be on the podcast is because if you follow him on social media, you realize like he's a guy that likes to be open-handed and give. He's all about helping people uh, be better and develop and be more fit and be more motivated and, and focused. And I think that this podcast is a good fit and an outlet for him to do that in an industry he's now involved in in a new way. Um, I'm trying to build my case here. Bear with me. Um, thirdly, 
This is kind of a blue-collar podcast. I don't know if you've noticed or you watch any other automotive content, but we're kind of unique in the sense our goals are just like to tell it like we see it. It's kind of blue-collar. It's actually kind of blue-collar. It's very blue-collar. It's certainly not fancy, although I do have a fancy-collared shirt on today, and I think that the vibe fits. Mark Wahlberg, I think we fit. I think we're, we'd be a good fit for him, our show. I mean, me, the show, etc. Uh, finally, it's like, he and I are both Northeast city kids raised in the city, blue collar families, just kind of have that Northeast mentality. And that's it. That's the end of my case. Uh, I'll be making it again. So if you're, if you're see the podcast, check out my Twitter feed at Paul J daily and retweet at him. And maybe we can uh, let him know that this community would like to hear what he has to say and, uh, finds value in, uh, his presence here. So wasn't really planning on doing all that, but we'll take it again. Mark Wahlberg, tweet at him, tell him he should be on the show. So today, I want to talk about, uh, since there's no guests and I get to talk about what I want this week, I kind of want to set the record straight on branding. And I've been beating the branding drum you know, for quite a while now and just was able to teach some workshops on it at an auto conference, have some more coming up. I just hear so much, so many wrong perspectives on branding that I feel like I just got to keep beating the drum louder, beating the drum harder. And just making sure that people are paying attention to this. Because I do believe that in a world where data is moving fast, algorithms are moving fast, SEO is changing fast, Google changes all the time, Facebook changes all the time. In a world like that, brand is the only consistent narrative that that you can tell and should be the only consistent narrative you can tell. In a world where it is difficult to hire good people to work as a part of your team to propel your mission I think brand is your friend. Brand is your asset. Brand is an ally. Brand is like an internal thing. It's an external thing. um, And it's an all-encompassing thing. And it doesn't matter what the heck the algorithm on Google is doing. Your brand work is still relevant. So um, I want to talk about that. Also have a few community questions. I posed a question. You have a question about branding that you would like for me to address. I put it out on Twitter and LinkedIn. And I'd love to answer some of those questions because usually when somebody asks a question, you know, like 10 other people have the same question. And uh, I just thought that would be fun. So I want to start out by talking about um, a post I saw this week where Gary Vaynerchuk and, you know, we're in a mentoring relationship thing and I, I respect him and his, especially his perspective a ton on marketing and branding, et cetera. He said that uh, in a little clip that focusing on brand building is the only way to win the long tail of the internet. And he was making a point saying like, hey, back in the day, it would be all right if you, you know, you made your website. I can't remember what he said, but it was like Harry's Hardware Depot Specials.com, right? Because SEO, you'd bump higher in the ranking and that would work. Well, guess what? It doesn't work anymore. And now you can't. Harry's Hardware Specials or Hardware Depot Specials.com, it has no brand value. And people just go with price or they go where Amazon tells them because there's no brand equity in it. Essentially, it's like they outsourced or handed off their brand equity to an SEO algorithm, which is now irrelevant. So they just, it's gone. And when I talked about that, you know, it kind of reminded me back to one of the points I was making at one of the workshops I was teaching on branding, really talking about tactics versus holistic thinking. You know, so a tactic to lower my blood pressure is to take a pill. The holistic way to handle my blood pressure is to eat right and exercise. One just involves me taking a pill. The other one involves me changing my lifestyle. Pill's easy. The lifestyle one means I'll live longer and be happier. And in automotive specifically, we are addicted to the tactics. 
tactics being SEO, new algorithm that somehow metrics in market shoppers that can funnel a couple more leads to our website and maybe we can win, right? And we focus on that bottom of the funnel activity. So we're always thinking 30-day cycle. We're always thinking, how can we get them right before they buy? And I'm not saying those aren't effective sometimes, but long-term, they're not effective because you spend money on all that stuff. And the second it turns off or they change the algorithm, all that time and investment and money just goes to zero. And you have to start that rat race again. On the other hand, investing time, energy, and money in your brand means that you are building equity value inherently in your company. And now it's not just that you can sell cars, but you can sell service, you can sell transportation. Heck, you could sell sweatshirts, hoodies, if you wanted to, if you built a great brand around it. Actually, I have some ideas on how to do that for some of our automotive clients. I think it would be really cool to to prove this point that way. And maybe we will, and maybe we'll tell you about it. Well, I'm sure if we do it, we'll tell you about it. But all that to say, like branding just isn't a tactic. It's a lifestyle change. And so being a brand first agency means that, or being a brand first company, let's just not talk about me. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about us as business owners and operators. A branding first mindset means we filter everything that we do through our brand. And that means every text message, and that means our marketing materials, and that means our hiring materials, and that means the way we hold team meetings, and the way we speak with our teams, and the way we allow them to have latitude to lead and grow and develop their careers, and not try to acquire human capital. Like That sounds like crap. And if you have a company that wants to be engaging and attractive to new talent, then having talent acquisition mentality is kind of off-brand if you say you're about your team and their career development. You get what I'm saying? I just always want to talk about this stuff because it's the 30,000-foot view, but it's also boots on the ground level. Like, you have to understand what it is out here, but that doesn't matter if you don't do it in the bottom. Like, knowing that eating right and exercising is going to help my blood pressure doesn't matter if I don't eat right and exercise. And that takes work, that takes lifestyle changes, that means the trip to the grocery store is different, that means planning is different, that means executing is different. That's my soapbox, I'm going to forever be on that soapbox, and I hope it brings some value to you and the way you're thinking. And as always, I am more than happy to help if you need a sounding board, or if you need some help with this particular issue, which is pretty pervasive issue. So let's get into a couple of questions. This question came from LinkedIn, and he says... Where is the first place a dealership should look in order to begin to form a brand that differentiates them for the masses, or at least their local market? I love this question because the spirit behind this question means that somebody is thinking about it and somebody realizes that this is what has to be done in order to get ahead and have the edge over the next five to seven years, right? Because the analytics and the metrics and the SEO, right, that works, but it doesn't necessarily fix the problem. So this person, Arthur, he understands that this has to change. So where's the first place a dealership should look to begin to form a brand? This doesn't matter if it's a dealership or it's a person. The first place you have to look is internally, and that might sound kind of cheesy, but what USPs or unique selling points does your dealership have that nobody else has? Let me give you a hint. If it's lowest price, There's really only room for one of those in any market. So if you're not really committed to being that, please don't start to play that game. It doesn't help anybody. You have to understand what are your strengths, what are your unique selling points, and you have to start there. Then you have to think, what's the history of our dealership? Why do we do things the way we do? 
right? Take a real empathetic look at what you do and why you do it. The next question after that really is, is that what we want to be? Is that what we want to be known for? And that's kind of the gut check moment because, yes, you can understand what you want your value proposition in the market to be. You can understand what got you where you are and why you do the things you do. But if you don't understand or that doesn't jive with what you actually want to be, well, now you have some more work to do because now you really have to clearly define what you want to be and what you want to be known for. If those things line up, if what you want to be known for is actually what you do and what you already are, great. You're in a better spot. If you're not and what you want to be is a little bit different, well, you have some more work to do. But once you do the work, so whether that's what you're about already and you just have to tell that story better or you realize you want to be something else and you have to tell that story, well, now you have to tell the story. Now you have to start distilling your messaging down to some simple and short, concise, I like to call them sharp statements that really define who you are. A lot of the times I say great branding is just an extra exercise in distilling. So it starts like this, right? You have a paragraph and then you get it down to a few sentences or you have a lot of times it starts with a page, who you are, where you came from, why you do things the way, what you want your customers to think. Then you distill that down, right? To a few sentences, then you distill it down to a sentence and largely you distill it down to a few words that can be read as like a mantra, a mantra, a one-liner, something of that nature, So that's halfway home. That's what you start to do. The next is really writing down and working through what you think your customers want. And you do that by listening. What are they saying? Good things, bad things. What do they want? And then you have to connect the two dots. That's the hard part. You have to connect your empathy with the thing that they want the most. Your understanding of the thing they want the most with the thing they want the most. And then, of course, all of us know who have ever been in business, you can say everything you want. You can sweet talk them. You can give them the good lines. But if you can't follow through and that's not really who you are, it doesn't take very long in this day and age for everyone to know that you're lying and being disingenuous, which means out of business. Uh, I hope that helps, Arthur. And I hope you do whatever you're going to do with branding and you move the automotive industry one step closer to being better brand branders, better more brand focused because that's where the real win is. Let's do another one. This question comes in from Glenn Pash. Glenn is a friend and a very good man. And he says, how do you handle the differences between partners who disagree on a branding message? It's an interesting question. I don't I really don't know what he means. I don't know if he means business partners. I don't know if he means OEM vendor partnerships. I don't know. So I guess I'll kind of answer it from two avenues. The first avenue, business partnerships. I've been in several business partnerships and just like any partnership, like like a marriage or a relationship, right? You have two people and they're two different people that think of things in two different ways. So how do you handle the differences? That probably goes down to how you generally handle differences, but here's what I would suggest. Um, first, objectivity is your friend in this situation because if you have business partners, you're both very passionate about the business. So you might have different ideas on what you think direction you should go or what you should be known for. And that's kind of normal and natural. And as business partners, your job is to align with one another. And that that means that it's a give and take. And once you, you can't align your team until you align with one another. So obviously, step one, align with one another. The second, I think objectivity would be really valuable. So 
bringing somebody in that can really, I don't know if I want to, the, the word mediate is too strong because it's not a mediation. It's more of a guide through the process. And having some objectivity in that, I think could really help because you're almost, you can't see the water when you're swimming in it. It's kind of like, you know, if you're in a fish tank, you can't realize you're in water because you're inside of it. So you can't see that it's cloudy or murky. And a lot of the times just a, another party to help guide you through a branding process could help that a lot. I, I would encourage both partners to just write down, I want our organization to be known for this, to connect with this customer need for this reason, to solve this problem. I think if both of you do that, then you can really start to see where the differences are. And then I, if as a business person, I would look at my assets, my strengths, my weaknesses, longer of an answer. But it's a complicated question if we're talking about business partners, because it's not just about branding. It's about relationship. It's about give and take. It's about alignment. And those are complicated things. And the good news is people align every day. Partners align every day. Companies align every day. They rally the team and they go forward and they accomplish some amazing stuff. So it's possible. And Glenn, if anybody can do it, I know that you can. Second, how a branding difference between like an OEM and a partner or between a customer and a vendor. You know, I talk about clarity a lot and I feel the more specific you can get with concepts and thoughts and feelings, the more specific you can get. The why behind everything else, if you can make that short, I think that is super helpful in the sense that everyone's singing off the same sheet. So it's not a vague or ambiguous idea. It's a specific idea. And the more specific you can get, there's less room for interpretation one way or another. So I'm not exactly sure which direction that question was coming from, but hopefully some of that helps. And as usual, if you need more clarification or if you have another question, feel free um, to hit me up, DM me, send me an email. Um, whatever. So I guess that's kind of it for this week. I, I hope that everyone out there, whether you're an auto dealer or just an entrepreneur in business, trying to you know develop some new things, make a new direction. I hope you get some value out of this. Um, I definitely think there's value in the community because that's how we learn and grow. And if anything else, just some encouragement to say, I've walked through a lot of these situations. I still have to walk through a lot of these situations and it can be done. You can make progress. You can grow. You can learn. And there's always something over the horizon when you push in, you give it the time, you give it the effort. And um, that's one of the reasons I do the podcast, because I've learned so much from other people. I want to give as much as I can, and I just want to cultivate the conversation because I believe we all get better. So all that to say, thank you very much for listening to episode 39 and any other episodes you've listened to. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, it's obviously the best way to get updated, um, whether it's an audio podcast only on iTunes or Google Play or any of those platforms. But also, if you go to uh, pauljdaily.com or dealerscompressed.com and just sign up for the mailing list, you get a little bit more information, a little more backstory. And we're going to start to try to release, I think, some little more valuable content on that as we go forward. Appreciate the attention. Appreciate you sharing this with your other friends in the industry. Got some cool projects we're about to drop, so I'm going to tell you more about those soon. And obviously, the one thing we're trying a lot to do is let's get this guy on the podcast because I think we'd all have a lot of fun. So thanks for listening to episode 39. Have a great week. Go kick it. I just say go. Go kick it in the teeth. That's better. Go kick it in the teeth. <laughs>